virgin asshole. Happy New Year, everybody. <laughs> That's right. It's now the year of the beer. We're all gonna just get crunk on that new beer at, at this start of the year. Happy New Beer. And it is the start of a new year. Uh, so we're gonna have our Happy New Beer in the year that is now 2025. Welcome back, listeners. This is Ross Purdy of Ross Purdy Destroys Comedy. So wonderful to start, just to break off a brand new beer and a brand new year with all my loyal listeners. All 50 of them. And boy, have we got a great show for you today. We have a returning guest all the way from Canada land, Michael Price of Rec League Rejects and Ham Jam Podcast Network. I'm going to give him a little bit of a comedy masterclass because one of my New Year's resolutions (coughs) while drinking my new beer is that through this podcast, destroyed comedy so much, or taken comedy and just wrecked it so much that I wanted to start 2025 by, by giving something back to comedy, you know, or at the very least, nurse it back to health a little bit, just to make it more satisfying when I, when I go ahead and, and destroy it again. So that's why I am doing my first of what I hope will be many comedy masterclasses today. First, with Michael Price. And that is now the direction of the show. It's the brand new direction of the show. Because it always was kind of a masterclass anyway. A sneaky, covert masterclass uh, through destruction. So now we're taking out the destruction and now we're just doing the masterclass. Uh, some housekeeping up on top. My brand new show, Afterbirth from a Hellmouth. A brand new, my brand new hour show. Uh, I start touring around. Touring around the country with it in March. Uh, starting off in uh, Adelaide for the Adelaide Fringe, March 11th to the 17th. You can get tickets for that. That's now on sale online through the Adelaide Fringe website. Uh, I got a one, one-off night and one-off date in Bendigo, then from Melbourne. Uh, with possible dates in Sydney and Brisbane. As well as... Looking to potentially bring a, a best-of show. Uh, Dances in the Cultural Sewer. Ross Purdy Dances in the Cultural Sewer. To the Edinburgh Fringe for the first time. And that will be in August. And if all that happens... Uh, we will be going on hiatus. Well, we're definitely going off... No, we're definitely going on a bit of a break. Uh, in March... And depending on whether or not I do do dates in Sydney, Brisbane, and do end up going into Edinburgh, it could end up going longer 
within a couple of months. Uh, so the podcast will be going on a bit of a break, going on a bit of a hiatus. Uh, possibility of some live shows, live podcasts, recordings, sprinkled in periodically. But for the most part, start of March, this podcast will probably be taking a break. So just wanted to get that um, out of the way for announcements. And you can keep up with this podcast and all my other doings on Patreon at patreon.com slash Ross Parody will destroy comedy, or just look up Ross Parody destroys Patreon. Sign up for, sign up and donate monthly for this videos, some early releases of podcasts and videos, and all sorts of behind-the-scenes stuff and merch. And yes, okay. What else have we got here in this housekeeping document? Um, yeah, the 169th episode of Ross Perry Destroys Comedy will be on February 19th, and we are going to celebrate that uh, number of equality by at least saying nice, or giggling, or high-fiving someone, uh, at some point during the episode. Tune in and uh, enjoy today's episode, The Comedy Masterclass with Michael Price. Listeners, welcome to another year of Ross Purdy Destroys Comedy. I am your host, Ross Purdy Destroys Comedy. Today, I'm joined all the way from the fictional land of Canada. It's Michael Price. What's up, y'all? Hey, y'all know me. I'm number one, number one fan. Bringing voted guests, number one, got to bring them back. He's got the, the time. Ha- he's from the Ham Jam Network. The Ham Jam Podcast Network. We make ham, we make jam, we make ham jam. Anything remotely related to ham or jam, we probably you, got, you know, our fingers in that pie. Do you put the jam on the ham? No, so really it's ham jam. That's sort of our number one <laughs> selling product. So, you know, you know, think about jam. You know jam. You've had I jam. Know, I jam. I've had jam, yeah. Am I allowed to assume you've had jam? Is that is that allowed? Yeah, you, yeah, you can you, you can assume my jam. I can assume your jam. All right. So, um, you know, you've had jam. So, imagine ham, though. 
Have you right, had ham? Right, I've, I've, I've had ham. You've had ham. We've dabbled. We've dabbled in ham and jam. Now, if we took ham and we made a jam out of ham, that's really what we're looking for in this oh. particular locale. Oh, so you're just you're putting the ham through a process that makes it spreadable. It's very salty. Um, yeah. A lot of clove flavor. Like, I don't know if you know clove flavor, but it's like too much, too much clove. Um, you know, we're really trying to leave you wanting less. Ah, yes. So I'm, I'm being tired of being left wanting more. Yes. You know, that's, that's sort of that old tired. It's played out. It's over. It's last year. It's, it's 2025 now. So it's 2025 uh, now. This is coming out next week. It's pretty rad. Um, booty shaking. And I dressed up as my GTA six character already. So this is, you know, if you, if you catch a guy that looks, you know, he's got chameleon eyes and a blue bandana, it's probably me. And come say hello and um, ask about uh, where you can get some of this delicious, salty, clovey jam that you've been hearing everybody <clears throat> tell you about. You do look, you do look quite sweet right there. Oh, thank you. You thank do you. look. You got that gamer girl headphones you were talking about mm-hmm. uh, b- before mm-hmm. we got on mic. There's uh before we got on mic. Severe technical difficulties. Well, now Which now has brought about the gamer girl headset. All right, so what game are you playing right now? Playing the game of love, baby. That's it, man. That's it. You know, you know me. We all know it's twenty twenty five. We just brought that up. It's a we new twenty twenty five, baby. It's a new year for us. Purdy destroys comedy. I've spent so much time destroying comedy. I think it's time. I give something back. To something Haven't you given enough? No, I, I've destroyed comedy so viciously, it's barely alive. I think 10 more episodes, maybe. And it's just over. It's over. All Everybody's tours canceled. It's over. We've had it. But I think I need to bring something back. And Michael, I think that's why I decided to bring you on here. So you, you, you dabbled, dabbled in a little stand-up. Am I correct? Little, 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 little tad, little bit. Yes, of course. Uh, I think it's time I just take you under my wing. Yeah. And give you my Ross Purdy destroys comedy masterclass. Let's do it. The just comedy... like Martin Scorsese. Exactly. I'm much like Martin Scorsese in that this is going to cost $200 million. And Joe Pesci is going to be there at some point. He will be there at some point. That's week two. Week two, you get to sit with Joe Pesci. He hits you, and that's pretty much it. And Joe Pesci is not a comedian. No, nope. Is he a f- very funny actor? Yes. But uh, funny, actually, interesting. Uh, Joe Pesci has never played a character in his entire life. And so, either have I. Fun fact, fun fact, fun fact. That's uh, all that stuff that you've ever seen Joe Pesci do. All that stuff happened. Every time he died, real life. But they don't want to tell you about that. And that's the real Hollywood secrets that they don't want you to get out. He's like Kenny from South Park. Yeah. Yeah. You think, you know, all this Epstein Island stuff is serious? Let's investigate how many times Joe Pesci has died and come back to life. That's what I want to know. That's the hard hitting stuff that I need to know about. Uh, So how many times has he died? Five? At least. 
And this is I a major, say. this is a major important comedy lesson because when you go out into stand up comedy rooms, they will be asking you, how many movies has Joe Pesci been in? How many of those movies has he died in? Yeah, exactly. That's question number one on the final exam. So I was told, so I was told. Um, I don't, it's I a two part question, well. too. It's uh, one's parts A, one parts B. Mm hmm. Yeah, but I, I, you know, he died, I believe, actually, at least four times on the set of Home Alone alone. Yeah, that's I mean, that's, that's Home Alone uh, for the unplanned on, you know, we've never seen it. It's Home Alone alone. Um, yeah, he died five times and they scrapped the movie because it just got to be a point where they were paying way too much because uh, every time Joe Pesci dies, he gets an extra five million in his contract. It's kind of a, you know, if you're going to be immortal and you know you can come back to life, why not try and get a little extra scratch for it, right? Like, uh, I, you know, you can't. You That's can't smart. Smart. You can't knock the hustle. Um, So, you know, when he does that, like, you know, he's making extra cha-ching and he ended up blowing so much of their budget just by dying and coming back into life and triggering that clause. They were like, how do you keep dying? To a point where, you know, I think he maybe throws himself into these kind of movies where he can kind of collect on that extra thing. Because no director is going to expect one of their actors to die, right? No matter what's going on, we're going to do this as safely as possible. Come on. No, guys. no, 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 definitely not. You know, Joe Pesci, I mean, he he wasted a lot of his money on blow. If any yeah. overdoses on that blow. Yeah. If any gets just, he just gets more money. So when yeah, he comes he back bought... to life, he buys more blow. Blew all his money on the movie blow. He went to see it uh, 7,000 times in theater. The entire box office takings of the movie blow is mainly due is, to Joe Pesci. Yeah, a good good 44% of the box office taking is is Joe Pesci just, just going to see blow. One right after the other. Just like, another one for blow, please. Another one for blow. And, you know, they were trying to cut him a deal. And he's like, no, I believe in the process. You know, I want these, you know, filmmakers to get their money. This is how they make their money. They don't really make that much money off of like, you know, streaming and stuff like that. Even though streaming is like, you know, whatever. And um, yeah, so, you know, he's he's just a big deal. You know, like, I like to go to the theater. I believe in the theater. I believe in the theater. It's a dying art. You know, you know, Joe Pesci. And this is going to come up a lot in your stand-up comedy journey. So, so much. And it's great that we're getting this out of the way now in the masterclass so I don't have to get into it later. Yeah, because you don't want to be trying to, you know, you get all this other information about actual stand-up comedy that actually will help your stagecraft. And you got it all and you got it all crammed in and then you got to remember a bunch of facts about Joe Pesci. No, let's get those in your brain now. Let's get them buried deep, 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 deep. We're going to hammer you about Joe Pesci facts every day, two weeks. That's how we start every day. 30 minutes. Joe Pesci facts. Just hammering them. Okay. Fit. Question one. Mike, was it my cousin Vinny or my uncle Vinny? If you said my cousin Vinny, you've been listening. You've and that's and that's it. That's it. That's comedy, baby. So let's talk openers. Let's talk openers. What's your opener right now? Um, hey, guys. Mm -hmm. I like to lead with, the, like, you know, just let them know that I want them to know that I am greeting them. You know what I mean? Like, they've been greeted. Like, I appreciate right. that they're here. Hi, guys. You know, like, and no definitely a big hey and you know maybe a wave and maybe a thumbs up or finger guns whatever i'm feeling you know i i definitely leave the uh, 
you know, the hand gestures more to an improv ad lib sort of sort of situation. It depends on what the situation calls for. Right. Because some crowds might be a finger gun crowd. Some crowds just might be a thumbs up crowd. You know, maybe I give them a spirit fingers. You know, nobody's expecting a spirit fingers. No, 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 no. Uh, It's good to start off by greeting the audience, acknowledge their existence. Yeah. You know, they're people, too. They, yeah. they, they, they're people. So they can see who you are and then take a moment to see, like, okay, this person is, uh, let's just say this person is obviously Canadian. Are they going to make a lot of jokes about the fact that they are Canadian? You've got to give yep. the audience time to pigeonhole you. All of my jokes are about poutine and maple syrup and uh, beavers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And would you say, hey, guys, is kind of like your best joke? Uh, top three, for sure. For th- okay. for sure, top three. Okay, conventional... Uh, it could be the best. Conventional wisdom does say, open up with your best joke. I mm-hmm, say, right? open up with your worst joke. That way, the only way is up. Mm. So, like, you know, what's the number one Canadian delicacy? Maple syrup. My cousin's mom's ass. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, and I'm just, I'm just like, I'm that's off, my worst one. I'm offside now. Yeah. This guy talking Who about eating, eating ass. Yeah. No, no, they say open with your second best joke and then end with your best joke. I say open with your worst joke. In the middle, put in your best jerk. You know, they say I'm, you are what you eat, right? Which is, you know, why I'm such a giant dick. Right. And that's saying to me, after you just opened with the ass eating thing, okay, he's a guy talking about eating dick. That makes him... (laughs) part of the queer community in some way i'm a maybe i'm a bit more comfortable now maybe i'm talking about deer penis and maybe we haven't even gotten to the tip of what i'm talking about and maybe it's actually like you know a virility drug that i'm taking where i have to eat a bunch of penises um and they're quite large because they're you know like full-grown male deer like you know extrapolate the information here like you know i'm sure they got a decent hog no no pun intended um i'm sure if you, you add know. that stuff on that would you know definitely uh oh this alter. is all still part of it this is this is all still this part is of still pa- part of the joke this and is, i need to wrap i'm sorry I tell this no 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 i i i i know it's sort of a you know i have this weird almost sort of stream of consciousness comedy style that like you don't know when the joke is done or when the joke is if the joke was ever there or you know, like that kind of stuff. Like that's really like, you know, that's what I'm going for. You know, you know me, you know, me yeah, and yeah. my, uh, my wild comedy stylings. Right. And I, I can't comedy. say <laughs> comedy. I can't say I'm stream of conscious at all. I say I'm very tightly written, very tightly okay. written. Everything There's a clear logic A to B always. I, I know that about you. Yeah. Uh, that's actually like the number one thing that they say about you is that everything that you ever have performed is just so concise, so clear, no undertones, nothing. Like it's just what you see is what you get with Ross. 
And I admire that about you. I wish I could be like that. And that's why I want to teach you. I want to teach you my ways. Please, I've, please teach him. And I've given like you... I'm trying to also teach the class, and this is hindering my progress. Well, you don't want the students... The, the student you want the student to become the teacher but you don't want not the student too early to be, not too not early no no not no, day no. not day one no let me be the student the teacher a bit more of the student well you can be the student sometimes though too if you want sometimes like, you know, maybe trade off maybe sometimes you can teach me more than i can teach you you know yeah about like, like life or something stuff. about life or, or waving something. i could show you some of my cool hand gestures like sometimes i do this one i do the shocker and i cross it and I'm like, hey, what's up, guys? And it kind of looks like a gang sign, but it's not. Okay, that's cool. If you open up all your comedy sets by doing gang signs. Yeah. No, well, not gang signs. No no gang signs, guys. No, no gang signs. This, no, no, this no. Is, no. This open real. open up fake. with the gang signs. That way everyone's intimidated and they feel the need to laugh. Besides. Comedy is about tension, and there's no more tension yeah. than someone going up on stage claiming to be from a gang. Yeah, if you are doing your job right, I think someone uh, hurts you before your set is over. Right, like someone yeah, charges yeah. the stage or something. Yeah, and tries to like tackle you, or maybe even fires a shot, like you know, not like at you, but like above you. You know what I mean? Like kind of like if you were like, you know, like those guys in Vietnam that like just ended up going to vietnam because they had to but like didn't want to kill anybody so they were all aiming high you know what i mean like those guys were just like ah, do, 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 you know i'm firing coach 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 dad army sergeant captain general you know mm -hmm. i get it mm -hmm. you know they'd be just like that so exactly like that is your crowd work game strong uh it's probably the strongest part of my entire repertoire really okay give me an example of what you do for crowd work hey uh what do you guys do for work okay um oh that fucking sucks okay but what if someone loves the job that they're talking about that makes it even funnier to me especially but if their job is better than my job and right, and you're a comedian, so every yeah. person's job is better than your job. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. So if someone yeah. says, "I'm a contract killer," yeah, that's pretty. That's I don't think I could make fun of that guy. That's a pretty cool job. No, but he came to the. Sh he's the same type of audience member as everyone else, except he's just a contract killer. So you got to give him some raz. I'm like, hey man, what do you do for work? And he's like, yeah, I'm a contract killer. I'd be like, that's rad as shit. Do you want to hang out? Oh, That's here's something I would... my best, probably my best joke that I've ever written. Actually, here's something I would say in that situation. Well, in my contract, it says I have to kill. A and there we go. I mean, kills. I mean, killers and kill. Uh, kill, kill or be killed. Kill or be killed. Comedy, man. That's a comedy. Comedy. So sometimes you got to be careful. You. you gotta remember to not ask questions you don't want the answer to and i want all the answers that's my biggest problem okay and that's why you're the number one crowd work comedian that's it. it's it's matt rife i want to know what everybody <laughs> does for work it's matt rife and you michael yeah and then um 
probably Matt Rife again because she's that good, you know. Maybe no, and then maybe some Jimmy Carr in there. Jimmy Carr is just below me, I think, in crowd work. Uh huh. Uh huh. That's uh-huh. that's how I'd probably rate myself, just ahead of Jimmy Carr. So you're ahead of Jimmy Carr, Matt just, Rife. Just just ahead. Just a touch, and just Matt a R- touch. Matt Rife's a little ahead of you, and he's just a little little hair ahead of me. Uh huh. You know, and it's yeah, it's as simple as hey man, what do you do for work? And that sucks. And then hey man, what do you do for work? He tells me that sucks. Hey miss, what do you do for work? That sucks. And I do that for 35, 40 minutes. It ends up what? taking most of my set, which is why I, you know, I got to get the jokes in the hey guys, you know, like that kind of stuff. I got to really. I gotta lead with that stuff before I get into too much of the hey, what do you do for work? So definitely, that takes up most of my so you, it seems like you're very much uh a crowd work com- comedian. I'm almost exclusively a crowd work comedian. Exclusively crowd work comedian. If it's taking about I, and 40 props. minutes. I'm a prop comic um as well. I smash watermelons uh at the end of every single one of my sets. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I just, you know. Yeah, I say I've never heard never heard anybody doing that before. So I will say though, if you do start smashing watermelons on stage, you need a backup. You need a backup person. Who yeah, different... I need a guy who looks almost exactly like me. <laughs> Call him yeah, Michael Price could... too. Yeah, and maybe he could just sort of do an adjacent version of my act somewhere else in another city, and it could <laughs> cause a huge rift between us. That's how I see it going. And that's franchising. Yeah, you're franchising. A, it's all about franchising. You're I'm about the brand. You're a brand and you're franchising yourself. Exactly. I am the brand. I will advise strongly against crowd work, though. Oh, that's tough. But how am I going to find out what everybody does for work? Uh, I say talk to them off stage because no one goes to, to a comedy show to have a conversation. Okay, if they want to laugh. That's all I see on YouTube, though. That's that's what comedy is now, right? Like, I, I, I went to YouTube, and I typed in stand-up comedy, and it's just, everybody's just doing crowd work. That's it. That's that's all comedy is, right? And are those, audience, are those audience members having a good time? Yeah, they also, for the most part, are having a back-and-forth conversation, you know? Sometimes right. it's good. Sometimes it's bad. Um, you know? Uh, okay, like but the time... My dad, showed up and told everybody about how i used to pee my pants and like that was tough um but then i was like hey what do you do for work and he told me and i was like that fucking sucks and uh it killed so yeah i will say though those are plants yeah i'm I'm, most of my set is interacting with plants (laughs) every audience member in those Crowd work video is a plant. Yeah, and luckily my entire high school graduating class follows me to every set that I do. So, um, you know, there's 350 people just scattered around, a, you know, a comedy club of about 400. And um, yeah, I ask them all what they do for work and they tell me and then they get, you know, they get roasted. Mm-hmm. That's how this thing goes. Are you putting these clips online? Oh, I'm putting these clips online. The clips of of this podcast? Yeah. 
right I w- now. I would I'm suggest it. I would suggest not to do that. I'm on Twitch right now. I'm a gamer girl now. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm so- Yeah, I do see the gamer girl headphones. Yeah, like what am I supposed to do? I got the gamer girl headphones. I'm on Twitch live streaming right now. Um, and if you want to control my thing that I have up my butt, it's uh, five dollars. Okay. Wow. All right. <laughs> but we can't talk about that on Twitch. So. Okay. Here's some industry truth time. Yep. Kevin Plant. Kevin Hart is a plant from yeah. Hollywood. Deciduous tree. I believe. Kevin Hart is a plant. Yeah. Real plant. Hollywood executives put some seeds into the yep. ground, watered yep. it, took care of it, and then out yep. Kevin Hart. In Philadelphia, a giant deciduous tree grew one day, and uh, it wasn't actually very big. It was kind of undernourished, which is why he's so small. But, um, you know, it was pretty. It was a pretty good-sized tree, and they, they cut it down, and now we have Kevin Hart. So that's pretty incredible. Um, it, it's pretty incredible that a tree has been able to do what he's been able to do, so... I'm okay that he's a plant, personally. Um, I know a lot of people look down on it, but um, yeah. Yeah. That's my plant. All right. Not everyone knows that. So the fact that you already know that at such a young stage of your comedy career, it's a good sign. Yeah, I, I I feel like I'm doing something right with that one, you know? That's probably the one thing that I really hold on to that like gets me through my day most days. It's like, well, he's a tree and look what he's doing. I'm a person. I should be able to do more than a tree. I don't know. Okay, so we get to sleep. So then the next thing you need to do is then team up with the rock. Yeah. Oh, that makes so much sense. Rock, paper, scissors. Okay, so who's the most like scissors? Uh, who says oh, your paper? Me. I'm scissors. Whose paper? Oh, Kevin Hart. Right. Okay. So you're gonna work your way into this duo, make it a trio. Rock, yeah. paper, then you use scissors. Okay. Now he's got scissors. He's showing off his scissors. He's doing the cut. Doing his cut, cut. This is my other hand signal that I brushed out to every once in a while. It's the scissors. It's weird. But, hey, man, it makes sense now. I think it was just like the universe was telling me, you're the scissors. Okay, quick scenario time. You're up there on stage. You're doing a set. Yep. You're doing a set. You're trying out something new. Some asshole in the front row gets their phone out, starts recording. What do you do? Go. Hey, what do you do for work? Uh, I, I record. Okay. I record. I'm recording. That fucking sucks, man. Sit down. Okay, but they're still recording. And you're trying something new, and there's a very high chance that you will say something offensive. Uh, I think I just do it. You just do it? You don't care? Yeah, I'd be like, yo, hey, this is me saying something offensive. Wow. And then it blows up. And like, you know, look at Shane Gillis. I could be the next Shane Gillis. So you get hired for SNL. Get hired for SNL. Get fired. the same thing. And then just have an incredible comedy career. 
out of the podcast that I do with you in my basement. Hmm. All right. I would argue against that. Oh, man. I say you want to be on SNL. Okay. I say you want to work on this weirdly anachronistic variety show that's live for seemingly no reason where yeah, each it seems w- like you're setting yourself up for failure and that's what you want you want to set yourself up for failure because it makes you work harder and makes you run towards success that is where i want to run that's okay crazy. you set up all the barriers and failure seems in intimate but you want to run towards success. Yes, I do. I must. I must succeed and run to succeed. Run to succeed. To succeed. To succeed. To succeed. All right, I think I got it. Okay. So now you agree you're gonna you're gonna be on SNL? I'm gonna be yeah, I'll I'll take it. I'll take the job. Thank you. Oh, sure. Can be on the Mad TV reboot. Mad TV reboot. Mm-hmm. All day. Mad TV reboot. I'm I'm doing it, and I'm going to become friends with probably Bobby Lee, because he'll probably be there. He'll definitely be there. I'll get him off the wagon, and we'll descend into madness together, and that's how it'll go. That's how my career will take off but you are all the way over in canada yeah well, like, that's oh. why i gotta run to succeed that's the whole i thought that was the whole run to succeed part i'm, I'm about to start a uh, eight ten week marathon uh training program um yeah because i want to succeed so i'm gonna start running like 1700 miles a week so i think you need to start off on a canadian comedy show uh get noticed for by lawn from there sorry oh. tv sorry tv i was going to suggest naked news oh you're right you know what naked news really is the pinnacle of comedy in canada uh besides corner gas of course um yeah but, we all know uh, that we all know that we all know that that's a that's a cultural touchstone like we don't even need to address it it's like you know when like obviously it's the best um but yeah naked news that's the move i get on there and that's where my career takes off. If you I, if you show you have nothing to hide, yeah, if I you'll be let into Hollywood. Out, I'll be let in, um, forever. That won't don't be able to get rid of me. You know, take part in the Bush meetings. Oh, I'll take part in the Bush meetings. Well, talk about whether or not you should, you know, grow up, grow your bush or shave your bush. Mm, or what's American? What's in? What's in right now? And get a bushwig, you know? Like, what do we do? There's so many options. But it's just just for one thing. Yeah, it's just one thing. Well, you got nothing to hide, so you have to shave that bush. Yep. Well, and, you know, thankfully, I am a seal. I I don't have any hair at all. Okay, so you don't even need to. No. Actually, this is a tattoo. Weird. Okay, I was going to say, it does look very tattoo-ish. Yeah, no, I didn't want to be. Ins- I didn't want to be insulting in case it. Blew. Yeah, and um, well, except for this part down here, that's actually I CGI'd that out. 
it's, it's actually longer and it's a tattoo over my whole body i lost all my hair in a in a horrific fire accident and uh, i had to have all my body hair tattooed onto my body to make myself feel like a little more normalcy um so anyway sorry don't mean to okay we've almost wrapped up this masterclass. yep this is this is key uh tell the audience way more information about yourself than you're actually comfortable sharing exactly that's what stand-up comedy is it's oversharing oversharing leaving them wanting less that's what you're going for Yes, well, yes. If you want to just make stuff up and use your imagination and whatever, do a character. Mm-hmm. But you look at me, I've never done a character in my life. Me what you see is what you get. Yep. Same. I'm a chameleon-eyed man with pink cat ears. This is how I dress every day. And you go up on stage looking like that and then gives yeah, the audience some time to just... pigeonhole you. Exactly. You know, I wanted to let them know that I'm a gamer girl. I'm, uh, I have chameleon eyes. So, you know, if you want to make fun of me for that, like, that's okay. I understand. But, like, I would prefer if you didn't. And please tell me what you do for a living. Also, hey, guys. All right. I think we've hit all the big points for week one of this masterclass. I think you're killing it. You're the best teacher I've ever had. So I just wanted to take a moment and... Okay, so next week we're gonna start off with maybe some, uh, do some uh opening minutes with Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci's gonna come in. He's gonna Joe Pesci's gonna come in. He's gonna question you. He's gonna beat the hell out of me. He's gonna beat the hell out of you. He's gonna go. Come on, what? Was I in Goodfellas or was I in Casino? Trick question. Trick question, baby. Yeah, trick question. I was in both. And which one did I die in? Also, trick question. Both. Both. Yeah. Finger guns, nailed it. I nailed that exam. Hundred percent. Oh well, I hope you I hope this advice takes you uh, to takes you well. Yeah. Takes you well. And I hope it takes you well as well. You know, all the all the all the laughs, all the years, all the good times we've had. Um yeah, that's what I'm really about here. And um you know, please don't forget, um, just if you see me, don't tell me what you do for a living, because I need to ask you on stage as part of my act. So if you see me at a party, um, don't even bring it up, please. Um, talk about anything else. Just don't tell me what you do for a living, because that is, yeah, like I said, really pivotal to my act, that I find that out on stage, and then I'm able to roast you for it. Uh, unless you're a member of my high school uh, graduating class, then you know. <laughs> Jonathan, Jonathan Major's gonna speak up, okay?